Hello, welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm Kate, the producer of Pod Rocket. With me hosting today is Kalen. Hi, Kalen. How's it going? Good. Great. Thanks for joining us as our host today. And our guest today is Chance Strickland, software engineer at Remix Software. Hi, Chance. How's it going? Going great. Glad to be on. Thanks for joining us. Um, Yeah, so just to get started, uh, you know, what is Remix in your own words? What is Remix? Uh, Remix, I would say, is a full stack framework for building better websites. Uh, It's built on top of JavaScript and React. So a lot of folks are going to naturally, a lot of folks in the React ecosystem especially, are going to naturally compare us to tools like Next.js, another popular server-side framework for React. But I, I personally think a better comparison uh, would be a, other full-stack frameworks from other languages like Laravel for PHP devs, uh, Ruby on Rails, those sort of things that provide more of a, a true full-stack experience to help you sort of bootstrap really quickly. And our simple goal is just to help you build better websites. And that involves a lot of the key parts that I think traditionally have been missing from the React ecosystem. So that's that's kind of it in the box. Yeah, I saw Remix made a lot of waves uh, recently in the last year. Um, could you give me like maybe, um, I don't know, a history of Remix or like um, where, where it is now and where you think it will be? Um, sure, yeah. Next.js is pretty huge and... Uh, and it seems seemingly has like 30 releases now, and uh, it must be daunting to go up against uh, an established ecosystem like that. You know, that's funny because I don't think anything is an established ecosystem in this industry. You know, like there's always, there's constant change and disruption. And, you know, to be clear, we're not trying to beat Next. We're not trying to beat um, other players in the JavaScript ecosystem. We're we're here to complement and, and provide experiences that folks might be missing out on in other frameworks. And that's totally fine. Like some folks are going to use Next and great, good for them. And some folks are going to find that other frameworks in other languages are going to fulfill their needs and good, great for them. Like there's always trade-offs in software, right? Uh, We obviously want to be used. We want people to use our our software and we think we're building really great software and and we're going to empower folks to do the same with our software. So um, I don't think we're going to have any problem in regards to quote unquote, competing against players like Next in the React ecosystem. Um, But also I think it's, um, you know, I think it also misses the fact that Remix is built on top of React Router. And React Router has millions of users, millions of downloads. It's like, you know, it was basically the the first real good routing solution for React. And it's just been, it's been growing ever since. It's still growing today. So um, I think Remix is a very natural move for teams that are already using React Router. And that's who we're really kind of reaching for. We're trying to reach out to teams that are using React Router. Um, We're actually going to move a lot of the core features of Remix into React Router, and we're already working on that. So um, I think it's gonna be a really easy, nice transition for those those users and those apps. And we're really excited about what the future brings for React Router users and for everyone else for that matter. Uh, Yeah, React Router V6 I saw came out uh, a large, large amount of changes uh, it brings to mind the extremely rocky upgrade to V5 here at LogRocket. Sure. <laughs> took us quite a while, but uh, I'm really excited for uh, all the ideas that it brings. Uh, kind of like foundational rethinking of driving an app, at least in the React yeah. ecosystem. Um, so I actually have great news for you at LogRocket then, uh, because 
we just released a new compatibility package that helps us oh. be five users upgrade to V6. And the goal for that package is literally to wrap your, your app in this compatibility layer and upgrade your app basically one component at a time. Uh, it's meant to be uh, back, completely back compatible. And it's meant to allow you to incrementally upgrade to V6 and V6 features as you go along. And when you're done, you just delete V5 of the compatibility layer. So we're, we're hoping to make that process really simple in the future. That's good to hear. We probably will actually use that. <laughs> um, good. Do you have like other similar things uh, for like people coming from Next.js and such? Because I, I feel like oftentimes these kinds of really cool tools uh, are more, more often choices for people in new apps. So sure. it, it's curious to me that you're focusing also on the upgrade path. Yeah, totally. And you know, we, we don't have any like automated uh, tooling to help take your next app and convert it to a remix app. Maybe that's in the cards one day, but honestly, we're just very different. Like our, our paradigm is very different. Some of our design patterns are very different. So, um, and we try to encourage that, right? Like the, the whole point of remix is to encourage folks to build better websites. And, and I think our design patterns actually play a big part in that. You know, when we start talking about some of the more technical um, pieces about how remix works, I, you know, we can try and dig into that a little bit, but, but yeah. fundamentally there's just a different, a whole different paradigm for working in a remix app than working in say an Next.js app. You can technically build a Next.js app, uh, Next app that has a lot of the same features and components of a remix app, mm. but it's not quite the same process. It's not quite as frictionless in my opinion. So um, they're, they're just different tools with different paradigms. And so I don't know that, you know, we might have a simpler migration path at some point. I, I don't think it's terribly complex because you can pull in all of your React components already. We're already going to support a lot of the, the popular data fetching, uh, data fetching libraries that you might be using, React Query and those sort of things. You can still use those in a Remix app. So nothing should be theoretically broken. Um, that being said, there are, there are a lot, there's a lot of tools in the React ecosystem. And, you know, we're working constantly to improve support for various popular tools so that folks can have an easier time uh, migrating. We do have some migration guides, by the way, on our doc site. So I would definitely encourage folks to check that out. Cool. Yeah, uh, speaking of the paradigm, I think the number one thing that's stood out to me for Remix is the focus on the web standards. I feel like mm, yeah. it's curiously absent from the entire community. <laughs> like web components came and went, it seems. Mm. Uh, sure. For example, or all the new caching uh, features that aren't uh, fully quite adopted by the community, but do are, are are actually adopted by browsers. Uh, so, can you maybe speak to a little bit about the philosophy behind that, and maybe why that is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's important to look at some history here because React, you know, React is several years old at this point, and I would say when we all started writing React code and you know, before that, Angular maybe, or different JavaScript frameworks. Uh, before we started doing a lot of the stuff that we're doing now on the client, we were sort of filling in a lot of gaps from the browser, right? Like we were filling a lot of gaps from the browser and from some of our backends, some of our runtimes. Um, there's kind of a lot to be desired in, in a lot of ways. And so we, we kind of moved a lot of stuff to the client to shim some of those missing features that we really wanted. And unfortunately, we've held on to a lot of those patterns while HTML and the web has caught up and has actually gotten really good. 
um, our backends have gotten really, really good. So um, there's a lot that we can do now that I don't think was quite as easy to do before. And that's one of the things that we're trying, that, that's one of the reasons we're pushing that focus on web standards is it's just easier to do that stuff now. It's, and it's fundamentally going to be better for the user because it means you can ship less code to the client to, to allow them to do those sort of things. Um, and honestly, I think of Remix as a teaching tool in some ways, because a lot of web developers got their start during that time period when web standards hadn't really caught up, so to speak. And, and we started using patterns that may have worked at the time. They may have worked well at the time. Um, but honestly, like some of those foundations were just missing from their education. And so um, in a lot of ways, I think Remix comes in to, to help folks learn some web standards along the way. It's kind of like an accidental uh, teaching platform, you know, like, like people start using it and they're like, huh, I didn't know uh, an HTTP response could do that. I didn't know a form could do that. It's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, it's funny, like the basic uh, browser form in Deleen was so, so popular and seemingly disappeared. Uh, <laughs> nice to see it come back. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting that you see it as a teaching platform. Uh, it reminds me a lot about, um, like, like you said, I think Rails is a good example of something that uh, does a ton of magic, but it, maybe mm -hmm. it's worth it uh, to introduce new people um, the trade-off, I guess. Um, and, and, you know, our two founders, I guess three co-founders now, um, Michael and Ryan were both Rails devs back in the day. So they, yes. like, their heart was set on Rails. And so a lot of folks, I think, see that connection. Uh, it's totally valid. I was a PHP guy myself, so I, I was working on Laravel apps, but it's very similar, you know, like it just some of these concepts that are, I think, normally kind of opaque and just makes them a lot easier. And yes, there's some magic there, but uh, it's kind of it's kind of nice magic, right? We like that kind of magic. Yeah. Also, uh, another part that I liked was the focus on the sacks. Uh, it really does seem like you mm -hmm. thought about everything. Uh, I think uh, it reminds me of when like server-side rendering first came out and everyone was scrambling to like, there's a new technology and how to implement it from scratch. And there were so many like boilerplate uh, things coming up on GitHub. There were like thousands and thousands of lines long and held together with chewing gum and paper clips. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's nice to see like a full shebang that does it, does the job. Well, Sure. We, we say we're a full stack framework and we want to be a full stack framework. So mm -hmm. the stack is bigger than just the front end and the back end. There's tools between the two. There's tools, um, you know, for styling, for data handling, for database storage, for caching, you name it. You know, you've got all these tools that otherwise you would have to piece together yourself. And if you have to piece them together yourself, what what's the point of your framework, right? So we want right. to make it easier to integrate those tools. I think stacks are an amazing uh, tool for do, uh, making that a lot simpler. And it allows people to create, like our, our bootstrapping CLI allows people to create their own stacks. So if they don't like our particular flavor of choices, they create their own stack, they manage those dependencies and, and you can actually bootstrap an app from, from anyone's stack anywhere on GitHub. So um, I'm really stoked about stacks. I think it's a, a great way to start a new app. Highly encourage folks to check it out. We've got three that we manage in house, but a lot of folks in the community have already created their own. So. Lots of options out there for, for building your next Remix app. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I go to the Blue Stack myself. Um, we, we name all of our stacks on genres of music. So we've got the Blue Stack, the Indie Stack, and the, what's the third one? Uh, offhand, I'm like blanking Grunge on the third stack. one. 
Grunge stack. There you go. Uh, all of our Nirvana fans are going to love the grunge stack. Uh, I, I go with the blue stack. Uh, I, it's just got a lot of my favorite tools already baked in. Big fan of Prisma for uh, yeah, ORM. I know, I know the ORM thing is controversial for some reason, but I, I like ORMs. That they help me ship apps faster, so no hate for Prisma here. Um, Tailwind, uh, really big fan of Tailwind, which was hard for me to admit, on, I have to be honest, because I love, like, CSS is my love language. I love writing CSS, always have, and it took me a while to come around, but I'm, I, I get it, so I'm, I'm kind of on Tailwind team now, so um, still love CSS, and occasionally I'll, I'll write it just for funsies, but uh, I definitely am more productive with Tailwind. So it, it comes with all that stuff out of the box. Really love it. Postgres for the database, big fan of Postgres, so... Yeah, just a great stack all around. Yeah, you seem to pick uh, lots of tools that are known for their developer usability, I noticed. Well, I'm a developer, so I, I do like being able to use them. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing uh, that I thought was extremely notable about Remix was the whole uh, uh, handling of you know the, the waterfall of loading spinners in the app. Yes. Um, can you talk maybe a little bit more about that? Um. Sure. Well, uh, I mean, so we have a concept of nested routes. And mm -hmm. I think nested routes are, first of all, they're awesome. Um, but, and, and we haven't really talked much about the, the technical um, stuff behind the scenes in Remix at this point. But essentially, in, in all of your routes, so Remix is, is built around the idea of your routes, right? Your routes are your entry point. That's where, you know, that's your user hits a URL it's going to hit the route associated with that URL. And that route contains a, a few different things. It's got your component code to render the route. It's also got your loader function uh, and it can have an action function. And those are sort of the three main pieces to every route um, that cover both the front end and the back end uh, with everything involved in that route, right? So your loader, your, I'm sorry, your loader function is responsible for for handling all your Git requests on the server, right? You export a loader function, it's gonna return an HTTP response um, based on whatever happens with that Git request, right? You validate your data, um, you go fetch something from a database somewhere and you return it so that um, that response can, can contain whatever data you need to actually render the route, right? And then you have your action function. Your action function is responsible for handling all of your post requests, handling data mutations. So user submits a form, that form data goes to the server. Right there in the same route that you render your form, you can now handle all of the responsibilities of that form. So I think it's really great for co-locating that logic, right? Like React sort of let us co-locate a lot of our logic, but traditionally on the client side, now you get to also co-locate all of your server code, which I think is really, really cool. And uh, I, I think that's a really powerful tool. And when, when you talk about improving the whole waterfall effect, like what is, where does the waterfall come from? What do you even mean by the waterfall? Well, if you load a, a website, but first, if you open up your dev tools and take a look at the network tab, you refresh the page, you see all of your requests, right? All of the requests and the responses that come back from that server. And in React, we've, we've done a lot. Like React is all about components, right? So let's say you have a subscribe form component. And traditionally, in your subscribe form component, you are going to need to handle some of the data for that component, right? Like you submit a form, something has to happen, right? Traditionally, in React apps, we've co-located that data in that form, which 
on the surface kind of makes sense, right? All of those requests are related to that component. So of course you would put the request logic in that component. Unfortunately, if you've got 10 of those components spread throughout the page, you're going to make 10 separate requests, not concurrently, and you're going to get what we call a waterfall effect, right? Like the waterfall of requests. And that can really slow down your application because your browser has to basically wait on one request to finish. And then it starts the next request and it starts the next request. And you look at the chart and it literally looks like a waterfall, right? Well, in Remix, we, we have the patterns to encourage you to move all of that logic into your routes, into the server side handlers, so that all of that logic is sent back from your loader or your action or all that data rather. And then you can handle it directly in your components. You can still have your nice form component that handles your, your subscribe form. Um, but you, you do all that in the server at the route level. And you still get the nicety of co-location, but you also have a much easier time preventing those subsequent requests that are going to slow down the website for your users. So I think that's a really great feature of, of Remix routes. And I mentioned nested routing too. So um, if you've got a parent route that loads some data, that data will also be available to your child routes. So you don't have to go and make separate requests for that. So all of these patterns, I think, really encourage uh, practices that will ultimately reduce the, the quote unquote waterfall effect when it comes to data fetching. Very nice. I haven't seen uh, something like that in other frameworks, or at least not to this, uh, not this flush out. Um, well, you can technically do that in other frameworks, but I think design patterns right. are really important. And design patterns are what encourage us as developers to make the decisions that lead to those sort of things, right? And for a long time, I think frameworks have been so focused on developer experience that we've let user experience take a back seat which is understandable. We want to have a good time as developers. I want my code to be easy. I want my error messages to make sense. I want, I want an easier time doing my job. So I'm not, I'm not blaming people for wanting good DX, but we can't let the user experience suffer as a result of that. And so I think the design patterns in Remix are, are very powerful in encouraging folks to make the right decisions for their users. Yeah, I think also part of it is convincing people that it won't take too much time to do it the right way. And Absolutely. Tools like Remix, they can convince engineers and PMs that uh, it won't take longer. I think we'll get very far. Um, Reduce your project management waterfall as well, right? <laughs> Both waterfalls, yes. Your Gantt chart. I used to be a project manager, so I'm, ah. I immediately saw a Gantt chart in my brain when you said that. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, Everything seems to go back to the routes. Um, sure. I definitely have to check this out. I'm getting excited even talking about it. <laughs> um, it's funny because yeah. every time I talk about Remix and I talk about routing, I'm I'm like convincing myself more and more too because I, you know, we're a new framework. I, I took some convincing at first. I'm I'm a skeptic with everything. I was a long time Next.js user. I don't have any hate towards Next these days myself, but. I, yeah, these, these are new patterns. And the more I talk about it, the more stoked I get about using it myself. I'm, I got a couple side projects and works and I'm excited to actually build them with Remix because you work on a framework and, you know, you, you know a certain amount, but you don't really find out what it's really like until you build an app with the framework. So it's nice to be able to get to do a little bit of both. Yeah, I guess I would put Next and maybe a couple other frame, frameworks in almost like a new era of, you know, a new wave. I guess, where sure. React was the previous one. 
Well, that's or, why I started the conversation by basically yeah. suggesting it's it's not a great comparison, right? Like there's just different tools with different paradigms. And um, I, yeah, it's a natural comparison. I know why people want to reach for it, but I just think we have, um, there's just so many different things that we offer that I feel like separate it categorically from, from tools like Next. So Right. I, I meant more like uh, a generation divide, more like oh, yeah. where uh, I often say this in other podcast episodes, but like we have so many people come, you know, onto the podcast and they talk about, you know, what they work on. And like, uh, one thing that always comes to mind is how web development seems to go in stages of like, everything should all be magic. Sure. One, one framework to rule them all. A circle, some might say. We just yes. we make a loop, you know? Yes. And, a, and then we more, go back to... Yeah, yeah I think it's more like go, a spring, right? Like we, we yeah. do slowly make progress, but we do go in these like spring-like circular shapes and movements sometime where, where we end up coming back to where we started. But it's like incrementally better that time, I hope. So um, okay. I, I think every point on the spring is useful, right? We learn new lessons every time we go through that that movement. But uh, yes. yeah, I, I hope we're at like the, the next real breaking point for in that spring. And we really launched some, um, some of the thought leading, so to speak forward. I'm, I'm really hopeful. Yeah. Uh, compared to the previous generation where you had to do everything all yourself. And, uh, if I never have to pack config again, I will be stoked. Yes. Oh, I, I so I did today. <laughs> so I, I'm ready to, Burn it in fire, I think. Um. <laughs> well, good. Remix has its own compiler too. I don't think I mentioned that, but that's another key part of Remix. There's, uh, oh. yeah. It's all you have to say on the website. <laughs> you can never coffee. write compiler code ever again. <laughs> Be happy. Yep. Um, I don't think we talked about the future too much, but um, maybe you want to, anything you can share or secrets you're willing to share for the first time or yeah i don't have any like you know if i tell you i have to kill you kind of things um there's no i don't have like a you know we're open source so we do a lot of our work in public we you know we have the internal discussions obviously and we, we have thoughts and plans and debates but a lot of our stuff is is out there if you uh take a look at the discussions tab you'll see some discussions that we've started that i've started on various features that we're hoping to support uh one of the features that i've been working on recently is css module support so it will be easier for, for users who are using CSS modules to migrate their applications. Um, because we write our own compiler, it, we have to basically write a lot of the support for those sort of external tools ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we want to be very thoughtful about how we do that. So we don't want to introduce something that, you know, creates a bad place or a, a bad, a bad uh, way to back out of bad decisions, essentially. We want to make sure that the right decisions and executed the right way. And uh, there's a lot of complexity to stuff like that. So uh, we're taking our time with it, but we are really hopeful and we're pushing forward in a lot of new features. So, so CSS modules is one of my, my favorites that are coming down the line. Um, right now we're really focused on stability. So our immediate plans are really built around just making Remix really solid bulletproof framework. And, by the, by the time we're ready for a V2 and we're ready to roll out a bunch of really cool new features, um, we want to be really confident that V1 is as rock solid as it possibly can be. So I'd say that's our, our immediate focus. We do have some, some V2 plans and, and thoughts and ideas, but they're still all, they're kind of baking right now. So I'll just leave, uh, leave some of that to the suspense of your imagination. 
Sounds good. And uh, I hear you have a conference too. We do. Yeah, it's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, well, a few weeks. But if you go to remix.run slash comp, as I'm doing right now, uh, you'll see that it starts on May 24th to the 25th. We do also have uh, workshops in the 23rd uh, that will be led by Kent and Ryan and possibly another uh, workshop that we'll squeeze in there. But yeah, we're really excited about it. It's in Salt Lake City. Um, I lost, I tried to push towards San Diego, but uh, it couldn't make it happen. So we'll be in Salt Lake, which is beautiful. Uh, really excited about it. Hope to see you there. Got a lot of great speakers as well. So definitely come to that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to plug or point our listeners to? Um, I saw your discord channel just hit, uh, I think it was 10 K. Uh, oh, man, that's too many. Discord. There's a lot of great conversation there. I can't keep up with discord personally, but, um, there, we have a lot of other team members who do, and, um, they're, they're all really great. And it's really nice to be able to get feedback from other users and discord is a great community for that. So definitely come join our discord. Uh, remix.runs our website all the, the stuff that you need to join discord right on there um it'd be remiss not to plug i guess myself um because i've talked more about my company than myself so i'm chance i'm a developer um you can follow me on twitter chance the dev um i, I don't know i post a little bit about tech and a lot about nonsense but i, I try to have fun and yeah i don't know um come use remix it's a lot of fun Awesome. Well, Chance, thank you so much for joining us and um, we will see you around. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.